You're watching the Tesla Life with your host, Mark Cutler. Test Life number 279. What is it? The 9th. The 9th of November 2022. Man, this year is closing down. And thank you, Patrick, for that wonderful announcement coming in. And uh, extra extra kudos to the dog barking in the background. <laughs> he let the dogs out. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Welcome, everyone. Got a lot to happen in the show today, but let's first introduce our co-host. We have Mr. Casey Green joining us from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? Pretty well. We just had some entertainment. Uh, There's a show, like uh, somebody was running the wrong way down the road. I don't know if they were actually driving the whole way the wrong way down the road or if they were coming across that nice little intersection that I show you guys on my uh, FSD beta videos uh, where I make the left. Uh, maybe they were also trying to make the left and got tagged. Uh, but they're right now uh, the fire truck ambulance. But uh, before that, it was just them facing the wrong way down the road with lights on and no flashes or anything. Ah, cleaning up the mess of a traffic accident, huh? Crash. Yes. Not you can pleasant. expect to just... hear some sirens. <laughs> oh, yep. they've already gone by. Plus, I've got the, uh, oh, okay. the stunner turned on. Um, you might hear them go away if the stunner didn't catch them. But uh, <laughs> just like just like with firearms, there are no accidents. There are only negligence and and. Uh, and other contributing factors. There's I know some people in the industry get pedantic about that, but uh, people don't crash on purpose usually. So I'm going to allow accident to be an acceptable term. If you're not paying attention <laughs> to the road, you'd plan to crash. <laughs> you're just rolling the dice. Eventually it comes up snake eyes. It's true, right? but it's not like it was on your to-do list. Today I'm going to get some groceries. Fair enough. I'll, I'm I'll give you crash that. the car. There was an unplanned crash. Yeah. <laughs> Got it in oh. your day planner. 2 p.m. crash. <laughs> if you do see that, just stay at home. Right. That ever shows yes. up in your yeah. day planner and you didn't not put really it there, just planning. stay home. <laughs> But at the same time, though, when somebody's cleaning their Glock and it goes off, that was not an accident. They didn't right, clean cleaning it loaded. Yeah, right. Not so, not so bright. Yeah. Right. Also, welcome on our other co-host, Mr. Patrick Connor from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Happy Veterans Day to all my brothers in arms out there. Veterans Day is coming up in just a couple days, and uh, believe it or not, my military service is a large part of why I'm here. So on this show, I was I was in Desert Storm. It was pretty clear that that was a war for oil, and uh, that got me thinking about how oil is just messed up geopolitics and how we used to have wars for salt. It was a strategic commodity. Then we invented refrigeration, and we don't fight for salt anymore. So uh, we need to do the exact same thing with oil. It's a strategic commodity today because we need it for transportation. Well, we've invented something better, EVs. And uh, so we need to move on to that technology and stop fighting for oil. We're working on it. Even Saudi Arabia says by 2060, we should be off of oil. Right. There, there, there's make... the furthest estimate yeah. of every, every country. They're pushing right? it out as <laughs> far <laughs> as it can go. Yes. But even they admit that it's going to happen. So let's yes. just make it happen sooner. <laughs> and uh, everybody here is helping do that. Thank you all. And why do I say it? Because we're moving towards a future free from fossil fuels. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Right out of the gate. <laughs> and do you want to uh, wish everyone a happy Remembrance Day on the other side of the border? So uh, that's that's the poppy. So uh, that's what the Canadians and the British and the Australians use. Cool. Same effect. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, we've got a ton of news. No surprise there. Yeah. And uh, let's take a look at uh, the old list here. And we're going to start off uh, with an announcement from the Peterson Museum in Los Angeles, California, uh, who have announced that they're going to be putting together a new Tesla exhibit that's going to last almost a full year. And actually, it started, I believe, last weekend, um, uh, Friday or, or so of last week. So it's up and running now, and uh, the cars have have. I saw some photos on the Twitter feed as they uh, started to move them into the Peterson. So they're going to be displaying the Cybertruck, the Roadster. They're going to be displaying uh, the Model uh, Y and three, 
as well as an S, and a Cyber Quad, uh, the toy version is going to be there, which of course we know now is a rare one because of there's a right. recall on those. And uh, people are returning them. Actually, they don't return the whole cyber cloud, just the uh, board, just the board. Yeah, the, the computer board uh, that uh, that uh, mod motor, controller, motor, right? Motor controller, yeah. I wonder, mm -hmm. I wonder if them as a museum, as well as um, like the Smithsonian, whoever else might have a copy of this thing, if they are able to keep it intact like they did with the EV1. Uh, well, only the Smithsonian has an intact EV1 uh, in one other place, but uh, all the others yeah. they have them without the motor controllers there as well. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, so the Peterson is in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, it is, for those who are unaware, it's an automotive museum uh, mainly. Uh, they do other subsequent shows. Uh, they do different viewings, uh, but they did have the Cybertruck uh, some time ago, over a year ago. They had the yeah. Cybertruck on display just for a couple of weeks. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, this uh, particular viewing is going to be around until next November. So uh, you've got uh, <laughs> oh, wow. you've got a almost a full year uh, yeah. to to check it out. But uh, and if you want to see uh, the GM's EV1, they have that there as well. So uh, it's also available to be seen uh, in the same museum. So uh, I would love to uh, check that out if I was a little closer. Uh, <laughs> Based on I'm on the other side of the continent, I don't think I'm going to make it, but you never know. Not a the one that sounded... Go ahead. Yeah, the one that sounded interesting to me is they have the original Roadster prototype. So yes. this is when Tesla took a Lotus Elise and modified it and uh, got it working with the AC propulsion drivetrain and their own battery pack. And uh, that's when they realized, oh, this is a lot more work than we thought it was going to be. These AC propulsion motors have to be hand-tuned and analog motor controllers are not mass manufacturable. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, that's when they realized, oh, you know what? This is going to be a little more difficult than we thought. <laughs> One of many times they learned that along the way, but they figured it out. Even as recently as last week. Right. <laughs> and uh, that reminds me the other vehicle that's there that's not a tesla but was really an inspiration to tesla is the uh, original ac zero car right uh, yeah the t0 the t0 right yes. so uh that was the one that uh, jb and elon had looked at and uh had said this is what we need to do we need to make a fast sports car uh, that uh, will be able to sell into the close to uh, six-figure mar mark uh, and allow us to make some profits so we can move into uh, more cars at a lower uh, price point. Uh, this, this would be able to pave the way. And, of course, that's what basically happened uh, with the uh, original Lotus Roadster uh, that, uh, that they first came out with. Although, if you listen to many of the interviews with uh, JB and Elon, there was a lot of hurdles, as Patrick has mentioned, to overcome. And uh, yeah. I think I think both of them had said if they had a little bit more knowledge of what was going on, they probably would not have tried to shoehorn things into a, a Lotus. They would have gone their own way. Yeah. Yep. I, I was surprised that there were any T-Zeros left. Uh, two, the last... The la two of them burnt up in the most recent Gruber Motors fire. And oh, I thought no. that was the last of them. But uh, that's awesome. They're going to have, I guess it's the remaining one. Uh, or, uh, yep. Gives me more uh, more of a kick to kind of make my way over to California to go check them out. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Before it burns to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Keep that, keep that oh. one away from there. <laughs> uh, it wasn't just the T0s. There were a bunch of like first, you know, like uh, early roadsters as well. But mm -hmm. there, there weren't. They weren't almost all the the, the stock there. It was it was still sad, but, but yeah, that was that was quite a fire. Uh, a lot yeah. of uh, actually people that still had a roadster, their value went up after the fire because, of course, a lot of vehicles of actually were yeah. burnt uh, and non. Uh, I guess they were beyond repair. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was somewhere around fifty of them plus the two T zeros. Yikes. Next, uh, we got a story about, um, ah, yes, sensors. And uh, Casey, do you know about yes. this? Yeah, so uh, as we spoke about recently, uh, Tesla was shipping Model 3s and Model Ys without the sensor pucks on, on the bumpers uh, and without any of the supporting hardware for that as well. 
uh, they are going vision only, even for parking lots. <laughs> and uh, when they shipped, the cars did not have auto park. They did not have sensing. They did not have summon or smart summon. They still don't have any of that, but uh, Green the Only has found code where the car is now able to uh, do the, the the kind of like the sonar ring that it was doing for uh, the, the previous vehicles and also the distance to impact uh, that it was able to do on those vehicles as well. Uh, he's not sure if it's showing on the UI yet because all of his cars that he has that he can uh, hack with have the sensors yeah so he's he's asking for a volunteer uh that he can get the, the the latest update installed on and see uh if their car shows the the values or if it just is is kind of calculating them that way the engineers can calibrate everything before rolling it out to the customers and he's not sure if they're at the rollout stage or if they're at the testing stage and that's what's what's curious about this right and then well, after that's, that, yep. that that's some you know I guess that's some progress. Uh, yes, it's, it's great progress. It's good to see that that's coming. And of course, that should be high on our list because yes. anybody that's parking their vehicle in a tight spot or a garage uh, certainly uh, would benefit from knowing the measurements as people with the sensor pucks. Uh, <laughs> I use that every day. I All park time. in my garage. I'm, yeah. I'm looking to see how how close I am to walls uh, or sides uh, as I pull my car in. So. Definitely, Absolutely. it's something that uh, would be missed uh, greatly by somebody with a brand new car. Certainly. And so then after after that happens, we'll be able to then start to see them do basic summon, smart summon, auto park, these sorts of things. I'm surprised. Well, no, I'm not entirely surprised. Auto park, while, while being vision only now on, on FSD beta and certain new cars, uh, it still does use the sensors to make sure uh, if something changes, it doesn't smack into the car next to you. And, and without sensors that that would be a little tough um until they switch the input to, to vision the other concern that we don't know what they're dealing with yet is the three foot blind spot in front of the car where the cameras can't see right but if the car has been rolling forward there was a oh, time yeah, when yeah. it was not so, in the blind spot if the car was on or sentry mode was on then it yes. should know that something has entered its blind spot but uh what uh, a really good example. I, I, I had a bunch of them. A uh, kid lays it down a bike or whatever. Somebody did a really good visual. They closed the garage door. They laid down a spare tire. They opened the garage door and asked the car to summon. Thankfully, this car had sensors, so it did not mm. run over the tire. But a vision-only car, what would it do? Because it didn't have room to back up and check the blind spot like it does when you do a smart summon. If You, you notice if you nose in uh, on most smart summons, you ask it a smart summon, it'll back up first. Or if it needs to go forward, it's backed... Away, it'll, it'll back up first, check, and then it'll go forward. And there was a garage wall there, so it couldn't check the blind spot. What would it do? And, and yeah. that's what we're wondering. There's that solution. there's that few degrees of vision that it just would not see between the hood and the the ground. There's right. going to be that pie shape uh, that uh, that is really not known. But right. man, that's tricky. That's tricky with the garage is. door, though. They're really thinking as. Uh, Right. Yeah, let's close a garage. Let's lay a tire down or a bike down, and then open a garage. And as right. far as the car knows, nothing's changed, and exactly. uh, it still looks open to them. Right. Couple, right. Because even of... if it had sentry mode or something, where it could have saw you walk up with the bike or the tire, and then remembered it, you've now even blocked that capability with the garage door. Exactly. And a bunch of a bunch of the Elon faithful were calling me a, like a, a chicken little. Sky is falling. Sky is falling. And I'm like. This this is what I'm talking about. Uh, like this is a lot more like you could see that happening than, than my uh, my demo. Uh, my my my. Hey, what about this? Uh, the the one thing I did want to point out is the semi prototype and the Cybertruck prototype both have a camera that can see that area. Uh, from what we saw from folks who do the Tesla spy stuff, um, when they were showing us what these new vision only cars have, the only difference we could see. Is that the repeater cameras um, have a have a, a wider looking lens, uh, but it looks like the same hardware behind the lens, and they they didn't see anything in the front that was different that they could discern that would be able to see that space. Yeah, well, that's going to be interesting to see as uh, as these cars start to be installed with that, and uh, uh, I'm sure someone's going to perform that actual physical test to see see what happens. And just uh, has also done it. It's just like. It'd be nice to know. They, they've got the to know. They, they have <laughs> to know that these type of things are going to happen. Like they, I would be shocked if they had not put in some sort of contingency contingency plan for that. But 
They have a red hand you know, take over immediately. You get a, you get a red plus. door. Get out and look. It's, a, it's <laughs> another plus the community, though, too, is that uh, everybody's looking for these different scenarios because yeah. it could benefit others in the community to know these things. So, uh, yeah. it, and especially uh, if they ever sell the package to other automakers, uh, that's going to be something they're going to need to make sure, since it doesn't come with sensors, and it just comes with nine cameras or eight cameras, uh, need to make sure that you put them in a spot where you don't have blind spots. Exactly. Exactly. Next, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Berlin. Uh, Germany, uh, at this point, has an EV incentive that's in place until the end of this year, where it gets cut in half. I believe it's around 4,000 US dollars. Uh, it's going to be cut in half uh, by the end of uh, uh, 2022. But Tesla has made an announcement that if you've put in an order uh, for a Model Y, at this point or in the short future uh, going forward, probably they're going to cut it off in a week or so. But if you have put that order in, Tesla is going to guarantee that they will get you the car in time or they will pay the other half of the incentive and take it off your bill. What are so, uh, the taxes on the income? Yeah. So this is, uh, this is something that will allow uh, somebody that uh, is – is wanting to get that credit, but doesn't know if uh, they'd be able to get the vehicle in time, it's going to put them at ease, allow them to uh, order the car, get it. And even if it's after the January 1st date, uh, they'll be able to still get that incentive taken off their uh, after the price uh, of the car uh, from Tesla. So uh, this is a nice little benefit to a new owner that uh, may be unsure if the timing is going to work out for them or not. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool about that. Is, is uh, We've seen other automakers do that here in the States back when they were running out of the U.S. incentive, or uh, we've seen them do it in, in Canada as well. Um, what's what's kind of cool here, uh, like, like, like they're doing the right thing by the customer, but I'm curious now if that means that we're going to see a lot of breathless articles about oh my goodness they're not well not, not china because china they're doing the same thing uh <laughs> oh no they're not delivering any cars to australia or or or, Germ or not germany or or the uk blah 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 oh the demand is falling but yet they doubled it in germany and china <laughs> yeah but that's definitely going to happen anyways casey it, it doesn't yeah. matter uh you've you've got people that want clicks they're going to write stories about whatever they can uh to get yeah. those clicks and of course, Tesla in trouble is uh, a prime story that you could write. But uh, it is. as we can see, uh, again, from the numbers every quarter, there's no real trouble at Tesla at this point when it comes to selling cars. Uh, the vehicles are going out as fast as they can make them. And the great thing about that as well is they've been increasing the amount they can make every quarter as well. So yeah. well, there it's, was a... uh, it's all blue sky at this point. Yeah, there's a recent one about uh, Tesla Shanghai. They're, they're like, oh my goodness, they had a slight dip in their output. Remember uh, <laughs> the month prior to October, uh, in September, they had just blew it up. So October, uh, when when they were shipping 200 engineers off and everybody was recovering and, and, and they, they still are dealing with COVID over there with the COVID zero policy, they, they had slightly less cars built in October, slightly less. And, and, and already for November, they're already on track to just blow September out of the water. So... <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's the, uh, I think they said it's the third month of increase. So it's just, and and of course, they lowered their price a little bit in China yes. to, again, take advantage of an incentive uh, and uh, to be better priced in the uh, uh, the overall EV market. And what happened? Uh, their competitors also, also dropped their price. Several competitors. Uh, from exactly. Ford to BYD. I think even, um, uh, who was the other one there? Several of them. <laughs> yeah. So, and, that, that, and that's that's good too. Um, c competition is great for the consumer. So yeah. if we can get some more com competitive uh, pricing going out there, it's going to benefit all of us. So, um, especially with the way other prices are going around yeah. the world, they're yeah. just going up. We'd like to see a, a leveling out. Uh, <laughs> we'd also like to see here in North America a little bit of a drop in price, uh, but. Uh, We'll see as time goes along here. Definitely. Next story. Ah, yes. Uh, the Lathrop. Tesla Lathrop. 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 Yes. California facility that's making mega packs 
uh, Tesla has indicated that they believe that over the next year, they should be up to a 10,000 run rate per year at this one facility for Tesla Energy. So uh, this, uh, we, we had talked last year, we talked the year before that, about them uh, having issues in getting mega packs and power walls out to consumers that want them. In fact, they even had some stipulations out there that only certain groups could buy them. Uh, but now it's looking like, again, this is great news. It's looking like the battery shortage that Tesla was facing is starting to ease off. And they're allowing these other secondary industries that they do not hold as in high in regard as the actual automotive industry. But now they're allowing these guys to start running at a higher rate. So obviously that, con that constraint of batteries is being lifted from Tesla. So that is great news. And of course, with the release of the semi coming up in the next few weeks, um, mm -hmm. we can, uh, we can uh, see that uh, the uh, amount of vehicles being produced has been climbing up, as mentioned, for the past couple of quarters. We can see that uh, Tesla is, doesn't have that uh, battery problem anymore because they have planned for this. Remember at the beginning of the year, it was all about volume of batteries. Yep. And mm -hmm. that's here we are at the end of the year. And uh, it's looking like some of that work has paid off. And uh, other uh, other aspects of Tesla now can run with a, a, a more open throttle than they could before uh, because now batteries are not the uh, choke point in the supply chain. So now that they're making 10 gigapacks per year, uh, does that mean that it's a terror factory? <laughs> Technically, I believe it would. But... <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, that would be cool to be uh, to get an inside view of that factory uh, to see how how these things are put together, how they uh, how they keep them running on a um, uh, like a, a supply chain line, uh, a build line. Uh, we know that these mega packs are delivered by uh, trucks. Um, they can they can be built in skids that basically roll onto flat, uh, flat deck trailers uh, that can be brought to the construction sites of these uh, facilities. But uh, what's this uh, photo you've shown there, Casey? Um, you were asking for an inside look. Uh, it's got music, so I was making sure I did it without the audio. <laughs> okay. That's, that's why. Let her go. It has, it has no mute button. <laughs> It's really good, mm. like techno beats track, but <laughs> here they are building the mega packs in Lathrop. This is more of a recruiting video, but it's still really cool as a as a it end is. user. Yeah, made on Earth made, by humans. Made on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> the mega pack. And I think that's why it's called the mega factories because they make mega packs, not because of the scale. Unlike right, right. But I was saying, if you're making ten thousand yes. mega packs, would that I understand what you're saying. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that makes it a gigapack, and and then because you're you know the mega packs use already so many cells, does that mean it's a terra factory? <laughs> yeah. So uh, you, can, really big you, can, you can find uh, that uh, in our Twitter feed. Uh, we'll also put a link in the notes if you'd like to watch it uh, at regular speed with the music, where you won't get sued. Feel free to look it up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting that uh, they're starting uh, to uh, increase production, uh, which is great for all those different projects that we've heard about forever. Uh, you know, Puerto Rico, uh, South Australia, um, uh, Vermont. Uh, there's there's many of them now. Texas. Uh, there's many of them that are, that are operational now. So. Right. We'll be able to see a lot more gonna... with that volume. Right. So these mega packs are awesome. They're going to help make the grid more stable. They're going to allow for more renewables to be on the, the grid. They're going to have frequency stability. You're not going to have these crashes in the middle of winter because it was cold and uh, your natural gas plant freezes. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is this is awesome to see. And, and and if there was any truth to it at all, maybe they didn't spec the cold weather uh, turbines, but I don't think that there was anything to that. People have argued me both ways on that one. 
But they work in Norway. They work in Alaska. So right. you can't tell me they don't, they don't work in the cold. You just got to order the cold weather package. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they chose profit over um, resiliency. And it was uh, obviously the wrong choice. And I hope some of them go to jail for it. People died. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, this could help save lives. Next story, boring company back in the news for a couple of reasons. First of all, if you've ever been to Hawthorne, California, where SpaceX headquarters is, uh, where the Tesla design studio is, they had built across the street uh, from those facilities, they built a, I don't know the, the how big it was. It was, what, a mile, it was almost was a, a mile long. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was, I was going to say a mile. It's, um, uh, they had built a, uh, a functional hyperloop tube that they were using uh, with uh, competitions uh, with uh, different groups uh, to find out who can make a sled uh, that could be propelled uh, safely and fast uh, through the vacuum tube that they had created. But it was a, was it a quarter size or half size to real, real life? I think quarter size. Yeah. It was a demonstration yeah. for, for college and high school competitions. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, so, and that uh, was actually there for about two and a half, three years. Well, it was on the site. Yeah. I, I know of I know of two specific competitions that happened using it, and that mm -hmm. happened a year apart. So it's yeah. been two plus years where that's been in place there. Well, I, I saw it pre-COVID when I was traveling. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been there for quite a while. Yeah, it just came down in June, but it, it was up for a long time. Mm -hmm. So they, they started to dismantle it uh, just this uh, last little while ago, and they have taken away that mile tube and turned uh, the test track back into a parking lot, which it was before the tube showed up. Yeah. So uh, this is, it's it's going back to the original, uh, what it was. But uh, yeah, the, a uh, lot of the headlines for that were misunderstanding or intentionally misconveying uh, how that was going down. A friend of mine said, oh, I hear boring companies closing. I'm like, what are you talking about? And, and yeah, so, uh, yeah, be careful. Yeah, they, they said that, they, they tore down the test loop and they, they, they sold it to a parking lot. Like Exactly, it, yes, yeah. yes. They returned yeah. it to a SpaceX parking lot, but which really, was to begin with. <laughs> but really, uh, it, it was a long strip of land. Yeah. And what, they, what they're seeing as a parking lot is that, you know, that strip of land was maybe uh, 12 feet deep from the road. And they just had single car parking all the way along it. That's the parking mm -hmm. lot. Like it's yeah. not a square or a rectangular lot. It's this strip of land that's maybe 12 or 14 feet wide that's beside the road. So uh, in fact, the railway track there. runs through part of it too. So nice. uh, of course, SpaceX and, um, and Tesla were always struggling for parking space. Uh, in fact, they built a multi-story parking garage uh, at that corner as well they needed the space but uh anyways anyways uh this this teardown uh had taken place and now boring company has posted a couple of photos on their twitter feed and it is showing a new and casey could you bring this up will you have access yeah, to absolutely. that photo yeah it's, no, wait, um, here let me share something um sure th this is uh let me see if i can do this um yeah, so because they did this, you could tell that the, the, the whoever was trying to fool Patrick's leg was lying because they um or Patrick's friend's leg, they 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 removed re okay. removed it and replaced can it with see, a with a big can you one. See that? There you yeah. go. Yep. Yep. So that is my photo that I took when I was there of the uh the uh, test track. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so you can see it's about a quarter size, you know, of uh of what you could fit a full-size vehicle in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll stop. But it is a real parking spot. <laughs> those, yeah. Those are real parking spots. Exactly. You just couldn't fit a real car inside of that. <laughs> right. Let's see. Share a tab. And uh, the Boring Company placed these photos online. And basically, it shows a full-size car inside a lined tube and they're indicating that the full scale hyperloop testing has begun and Again. they've got they've got this door with a porthole that you can see through now i can't tell how deep that tunnel is but i can say that it's definitely concrete lined from the photographs yeah 
so that it's it's not it's not something that is a you know paper mache model this is right this is real <laughs> um and uh we believe from the background we believe that this is the boring company's location in uh texas so their new yeah. headquarters that they opened up not far from the gigafactory uh, we believe that this is where this photo was taken. I can't get over how much the lining looks like the like the, what they already put in the in the Tesla tunnel. It, the, it, uh, it is. Tunnels. It's exactly yeah. what you would see in Las Vegas. Like that yeah. is mm -hmm. that is a concrete lined tube that uh, is no different uh, because those are when they build those tunnels, uh, the machine actually places. Uh, just like a jigsaw puzzle, multiple slabs of concrete in a ring that goes around the tunnel to support it uh, from uh, earth caving in from all sides. Are they still the, going the, to be the evacuating? Where it lifts them. Well, uh, that's the question, Patrick. Is is yeah. this is hyperloop testing? Hyperloop right. testing is something that is vacuum sealed uh, to mm -hmm. prevent air slowing down the vehicle. Um, so I don't know if you can do that with. A concrete line tunnel. You could have had gaskets, oh, I would imagine. If I, concrete... I'm pretty sure the the tunnel's not the problem, but you can't just throw a regular car in there with people in it. That's no, not gonna work. No, you can't. <laughs> they're, they're wearing scuba. They're wearing scuba like gear. Can. Was... <laughs> well, it's, it's not a full vacuum. It's, it's not a full vacuum. It's a partial vacuum. So the car should be fine, but the humans would yeah. need scuba. <laughs> Yeah, you'd, you'd probably don't want that. Uh, we've seen the testing. Uh, many many of you, I'm sure, have seen the testing from uh, Virgin Atlantic and, and others that are doing hyperloop testing with vehicles, pushing them in a in a vacuum tube up to uh, you know speeds of uh, a few hundred miles an hour. Uh, this right. is and not uh, just scuba gear, Casey, because uh, they mean yeah, you do need the air to breathe. But the, yeah. if you're in a vacuum, there's a few other so, problems. So you don't you boil your blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you maybe a spacesuit. <laughs> so you know what though? We don't see the front of this car. How do we no. know there's not a big fan on the front? <laughs> 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 bringing that partial vacuum inside the car up to up to i have i have a feeling the car in it is you know somewhat staged i, I don't think oh, yeah, this absolutely. is a working absolutely. model or anything i think this is this or, is just the boring company saying hey we're starting to dig some tunnels yeah. in texas yeah. and uh, they're not gopher holes uh, we're putting cars in them and we're we're testing for the hyperloop but that's mm -hmm. another question is is the you know elon put out the idea of the of the uh uh, hyperloop uh, and said, I haven't got time to work on it. You out there, it's a free idea. Go work on it. See what you can come up with. I yeah. have a feeling that the boring company would like to get involved with that idea again. Oh, yeah. The, what the other thing to the air pressure in your tires if you're in a vacuum? Hmm. It, it should also go down. So <laughs> the next question then is, um, or if this isn't just a staged <laughs> photo, is it is it uh, autonomous like, uh, like RoboTaxi or is it <clears throat> just like pre-programmed? I, I have a feeling it's a regular car and there's no such thing as automatic in tunnel because if there if there is something that they could get it running automatically in a tunnel, Vegas would be the first place it would happen. So mm -hmm. they may they may play with the idea here, but uh, I think this is this is just a testing ground for them to start figuring out uh, what the next part of the plan is, whether it's a, a larger tunnel so it could actually you know transport uh, containers as well as people. I don't know, but uh, there's a lot of questions about this. But uh, I have a feeling that uh, the the Gopher network of tunnels is going to be rivaled by the Boring Company soon in Texas. Yes, interesting. Uh, but but then I'm curious then what happens with the um, the other Hyperloop folks. I mean, they they announced a lot of deals. They they announced a lot of partnerships, but we haven't actually seen anything other than short demos. Yeah, Did they get yeah, eclipsed by Musk Co again. I. I... <laughs> Well, it, it's a huge capital. Started. It's a yeah, huge it capital collection that uh, problem that, uh, and of course, uh, everyone's leery right about putting money into a brand new operation with an un, unproven theory. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's something. And if you got four startups that are vying for it, you know you you've got uh, you've got the problem of you know the one that you bet on may not make it, and yeah. then where's your capital? So or, or or now you've got one one route that has a completely incompatible train maintenance operating training everything schedule yeah. to everything that, that won. You got the, you got the one Betamax line and then you've got the HD DVD <laughs> and then you've got Blu-ray. <laughs> right, but one of the things I think that these 
uh, other companies, Virgin Hyperloop, Hyperloop One, whatever, they all went for the end game. And they're trying to, you know, come out initially with these vacuum tubes. But you got to be thinking about minimum viable product, which is what Loop did. Okay, we're going to have yeah. cars and tunnels, <laughs> and they're not vacuum, and they're not autonomous, and they're not trains. Uh, and then we can get revenue. And once you have a revenue three stream, <laughs> you, you can afford to continue to develop it without needing billions of dollars up front. You do minimum viable, and then you incrementally grow. And and no and one else you do seems to doing that. You can point to the other one and say we did three of them already, and then just a little bit, a little bit each time you do it, like just it gets exactly. a lot easier as you roll along. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. And that's. I mean, we were just talking about removing the um, sonar sensors. So uh, Tesla did that before they were even really ready because I mean, yeah. look the list of features that they removed to, to get it done. So they're they're they move quickly. But they also don't wait until everything's perfect. They don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And you know they collected lots of data. With the, they have their cameras, they have the sonar sensors, they have the entire fleet. They have shadow software. They knew when they were ready to to go with this kind of thing. And it, yeah, it's just going to be hard to catch a company that innovates at that pace. And especially if you're coming at it from completely the wrong angle. Yeah, I'm still surprised they don't just like you know like all right, well this month of cars is going to have stuff we're not going to end up using. But the customers won't know, and then boom, turn it on. And as they turn it on, that new car without the sensors comes out. That this is about the eighth time they've done this, and it's like yes, but yeah. at least I mean, it's always going to be like it was months, a lot right? quicker. At least yes. it was a lot quicker this time for sure. Yeah, yes. that, now it wasn't three months; it was like it was like a couple of weeks, which is yeah. fine. But uh, still, and here, here's like, a when first... they do it, it's like they do it again. <laughs> here's here's a first for our show. We're going to report a story about Lucid, but it yes. may what? affect Tesla in a certain way. Casey, yes. take it away. So uh, you, you all know how uh, how myself and Patrick, and of course uh, Mark as well, but Patrick and I have been very vocal and, and loud about this. Uh, you know that it's not legal to sell cars direct from the manufacturer in Texas or Michigan or several other states. But uh, uh, then Tesla went and moved their headquarters and launched their largest plant in Texas without any assurance that uh, that they would be considered on any of the Texas two-year cycles. Uh, Lucid and several other manufacturers have the same problem because they are also in Texas. So rather than wait for their, their name to not show up on the ballot uh, in, in a couple of years, uh, Lucid's gone the other way. They've gone ahead and just sued the state of Texas, <laughs> which is why I'm, uh, something I thought Tesla would do eventually, but uh, uh, Lucid, they, they can't afford to wait. So well, Tesla has sued in many states. Yeah, and yeah. maybe uh, they are reluctant to sue Texas because they have their headquarters there and they're getting all this. They're working with the state and they kind of just assumed, hey, if we show this good partnership and bring jobs and headquarters and all that, that yeah. that that we'll get the respect for it. And it hasn't worked out. So having Lucid sue is like the, the perfect thing for Tesla yeah. because they can get the law overturned if the lawsuit goes well. And yeah. get what they need out of it without being the ones to poke the state that they depend on in the eye. <laughs> but you know, the 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 whole good faith argument, good faith. Here's some. Let's. Uh, I'll scratch your bag, and maybe you'll scratch my bag. Uh, that only works if you're if you're working with people arguing in good faith, and right. and, and the people in control of Texas have shown time and again that they are not arguing in good faith. <laughs> So that was that was a really expensive gamble that they so far have lost. Uh, they, they they have this multi-billion dollar factory and they make tens of thousands of cars per month and they can't sell them directly. They they are doing either some paperwork shenanigans or literally shuffling the cars to a, a border and bringing them back. We don't know which yet, but uh, yeah. So far, uh, Texas has said, "Well, we did tell you we might scratch your back." <laughs> that's all we, we, we didn't to. we didn't tell you we wouldn't scratch your back <laughs> we said you, we you would just went on into it during committee meetings that happen once every two years we'll look yes. into it uh so yeah if, if, if lucid wins and they don't get one of these carve outs like tesla has in other states where it's like all right the, the, we, we made this lucid shaped hole um what's going to happen then is lucid rivian tesla and then, of course, what they're afraid of, and, and, and which is why they should have played ball to begin with, now the Chinese can come in. You have BYD, Xpeng, everybody else who actually is able to pass the federal safety standards will be able to sell direct in either the U.S. or in the states that, that lose. So, so now your whole, uh, you know, grease my palm, all that BS, now it's shot you in the foot. 
there are no firearms accidents. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback. Nice callback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Speaking so, of I mean, playing, playing ball, I'm sorry, Patrick, go ahead. I was just going to say, especially in a state that prides themselves on freedom, freedom of freedom, and, small business. And, yeah, yeah. And, and being uh, business uh, uh, friendly. To say, oh no, we're, we we allow this protectionism by dealerships, and uh, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Right. I'm and sorry, Mark. Not, go it's ahead. Not, it's not like they're outlawing dealerships. The, the whole thing is is if you choose to sell your stuff through a dealership. Uh, the example I used on Sunday was I said, well, you know, if if they're selling drugs or explosives, uh, but even then they're going to want to make sure that, that the person receiving it has a proper license and, and everything. So it's not even like like uh, like your pharmacist couldn't sell uh, direct uh, instead of through a drug company, through them, et cetera, or whatever the case may be. Speaking of playing ball, uh, then Second Continent has now got involved with non-Tesla supercharging. Yeah. So the uh, continent of Australia uh, yes. has announced... Uh, the world's largest island. That Tesla <laughs> is now... No bridge to it either. Yeah, it's an mm -hmm. island. <laughs> Uh, that uh, Tesla has announced that some of their superchargers will be converted uh, to non-Tesla charging abilities. Uh, and most likely, this is going to be the New South Wales uh, wing of uh, new chargers that went in because, of course, Australia was providing funding to Tesla to uh, perpetuate more chargers in that area. So uh, this, is, uh, this is a go. Now, Casey, uh, yes. you can tell me what type of a charger does Australia have? Does it relate well, to Europe, China, yes. or North America? They they use the uh, the Type Two CCS, so they are using the same as Europe. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see that these new uh, super large Tesla chargers that are going into New South Wales. It'll be interesting to see if they are the actual version uh four chargers that we've heard about so will they have will they have both uh nozzles on them or plugs well they, <laughs> only, they only have the one plug there they have the, they have the 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 type 2 extended for the uh, old s and x and then they've got ccs for everybody else right so does that mean there will be two plugs no because um in in europe uh and they they gave the old owners uh the option to purchase the adapter they had the adapter that they had to use when supercharging yeah so you can uh, the v2s that are dual headed but the v3s were never dual headed okay so that makes it an easy switch then for you for these places because really they're going to have a single a single plug uh and it'll be as regular uh for everybody yep. okay but uh, that's good news. It's starting to roll out again. And of course, we knew that Tesla was playing this game, and we believe that that's what's going to happen in North America when you've got every, these different... Every day they wait, it gets so much more expensive. <laughs> Just but as, hold as, they, as they wait, they can get incentives as well, oh, which is what man. Tesla is looking for. They're looking yeah. to claim some of these incentives, build the superchargers they want, and get extra revenue uh, for doing so. So it'd be mighty convenient if somebody had 12,000 plugs available right here in your state <laughs> overnight. <laughs> no, we don't want them. It'll only take a week to get the plugs installed. <laughs> but that's uh, that's great news. Uh, so that's the second continent. So we've got parts of Europe and now we've got uh, a part of Australia that's doing the same. Uh, I'm interested to see as to uh, when North America shows up in this little this little scheme as well, because of course, uh, with the uh, with the incentives recently passed in the United States, uh, there were some incentives, of course, for EV charging and EV charging mm -hmm. infrastructure. So it'll be interesting to see if that comes online shortly. We do have two sites in California, uh, the the ones that finally crested 100, 100 installs. Uh, yep. Whenever they actually start on them, we'll start to get little peaks. And then when they open it, we'll know for sure. Yep. Right. It's a little different here, though, because uh, not all the cars have the same connectors, right? <laughs> yeah, those ones will definitely have to be dual-headed. Uh, dual-headed or an adapter. There's no there's no way around it here <laughs> because they they never... Or their new on, installs on the could, plug. could have some CCS stalls. It, it, it would be interesting if Tesla made 
CCS native uh, supercharger equivalents. Uh, just like we've seen that with the high-powered wall charger, now you can buy yep. them direct from Tesla with the J1772 uh, connector on there instead of Tesla's proprietary connector. So they might start doing the same thing and making some CCS stations. Yep. We'll see. Like the, the Cybertruck might actually have a CCS plug on it. Uh, well, when you look at that, the, that would be interesting. You, you heard it here first, folks. Let the rumor start. Yep. <laughs> well, when you when you look at the the uh, the semi, they're using either MCS two or MCS three. So this will be the perfect opportunity on an all new car to to make it CCS, and that would also help with the whole uh, uh, either ignorance or laziness situation of folks trying to nose in on a Cybertruck spot if they can't mm. even fit the plug. Well, at least the Tesla owners, if they can't even fit the plug, then then, then that guarantees that the Cybertruck will be the only one to use it. No, uh, it doesn't mean they're not going to block it for 10 minutes trying to figure out <laughs> how to use a plug that doesn't fit. Yeah, but, you know, you get your Cybertruck with your trailer, you just push them out of the way. <laughs> CCS connector at the front so you can nose in, and Tesla adapter at the back so you can back in. <laughs> Speaking of some speculation, this article uh, from uh, Tesla Roddy uh, talks a little bit about Tesla uh, being prepared to offer a standard range Model Y all-wheel drive uh, vehicle from Texas uh, yes. that that will use the 4680. It will use the uh, uh, the pressed front and back end, uh, the, uh, the the specialized uh, battery pack that's structurally part of the vehicle. So mm -hmm. this article speculates with the battery increases that are happening, which we talked about earlier in the show. Um, they believe that this is going to become a standard menu item on Tesla's website starting in 2023. They believe that Tesla is almost at the point where they will start launching this standard range, which will be a few thousand dollars less than the uh, current uh, long range Model Y. Uh, but uh, this will be the opening of basically volume production in Texas uh, with this standard range with the 4680s. So Again, this is not. This is a little bit more than a rumor, but it's a rumor. Is really what it is. Uh, they're speculating based on the volume of uh, cells that are being produced. They believe, uh, and then with other information, we found out that really the 4680, all it's going into at this point will be the Model Y. That's it. We thought that we thought the semi was getting it. We found out for sure it was not. Uh, so right. they're making all these 4680s, and right now they're stacking them somewhere. And we've seen that they were stacking them on the second floor of uh, the the uh, Gigafactory in Texas. So not surprised uh, that um, if this comes, uh, if this happens, uh, that's going to be a big relief to people with Model Y orders as well, because that mm -hmm. will make the line move a lot quicker if there's a second version of the car that can be uh, produced at the same time. Yeah, right. uh, we I, talked I, about how Tesla has demand levers they can pull, and the standard range Model Y is certainly one of them. Yeah, the the standard range Model Y also would, I think that so at least as far as the frame would go, it's going to use less material, less time, uh, because it's just three pieces uh, as far as the assembly goes. It's like boop boop, and and obviously the sub sub assemblies like putting the wheels on, put the motors in, all that. But uh, the, how many was it, Mark? Uh, a couple hundred pieces uh, down to. Down to three, yeah, for the, right. for the frame, <laughs> right? Yeah, front casting, rear casting, and a structural pack. Yeah. Boom, put some seats on top and push it up into the uh, frame of the car. Done, right on top, yeah, so, yeah, so literally, it having, just in. <laughs> yeah, instead of some uh, awkward install the seat through the door after the fact, uh, they they found a way better way. Yeah. Way yep. better way. <laughs> and then and then if they use 4680s, they can just put less of them in there, assuming that the suspension or is fewer. tuned for it. But yeah, fewer of them. Uh, <laughs> we, we we've, we've seen where where they've done this in um, in the Model S numerous times. Uh, yeah, the Model X too. Uh, only did it once with the Model X with the uh, the the 75D slash 60D, which was really a 75D anyway. Uh, but the Model S actually had four or six different batteries. Uh, the, the S40 and 60 were the same battery pack. Then they had a 70, a real true 70. And then they had a, um, a 75 and a 90 and a, and a 100. And then whatever they're doing today. So <laughs> uh, each time it gets a suspension tune if it wasn't uh, the air ride. So uh, if you have the cells, I think this would be 
a good way to save some money and speed up the process versus their process yes. of using the 2170s, which I understand why they did it. So you get more total units, but it slows you down. Mm -hmm. Next, Patrick's going to tell us a little story about comparing uh, vehicles made at Tesla and Toyota. That's right. So this comes to us from Drive Tesla Canada, and it's titled, Toyota sold seven times more cars than Tesla in Q3, but earned eight times less profit per car. So we all know that Toyota has been struggling with their shift to EVs. They've been enamored with fuel cells for way too long. Um, they've continued to throw good money after bad. They are in the sunk cost fallacy with this. Um, there's a saying that success is the enemy to change and Toyota has been wildly successful. And I think that has made them blind to this massive tidal shift that is happening to EVs. And um, it could be their demise if they don't realize it at some point in time. Uh, so according to the two companies, Q3 financial reports, Tesla recorded 3.29 billion in net profit compared to Toyota's 3.15 billion. So those two numbers are pretty close, but the article says here, when you zoom out a little further, you will see that Tesla sold seven times fewer than Toyota, yet recorded eight times more profit per vehicle than Toyota due to their industry leading margins. So this is, this is what I call a Toyota having a Kodak moment, right? So Kodak did not see the shift to digital. They said, film will be here forever. Oh yeah, that's just a fad. It's never going to matter. And uh, it did. And Toyota invented the digital camera. <laughs> they say, we'll keep it in our closet. No one will ever notice it's there. It's, we're right. good. Well, Toyota oh, yes, was number yes. number two yes. to make an EV uh, in the classic sense. And, and, and Right. Yes, they yeah. were. Yeah, they they had been. They, they were involved early on and have not. Yeah. Uh, so just as Japan expanded globally in the 70s and 80s with their auto market, I see China doing that in the late 20s and 30s. And that could be at the expense of the Japanese and German brands that have ignored the writing on the wall. So we'll see. Yep. It's just it's really interesting what's happening. And uh, we've, we've said it over and over. Toyota had the green halo when they were the early cars uh, hybrids. And uh, they just, they've sat on their laurels since then. And uh, this is just a, a nice comparison to see, you know, they've, they've bashed on Tesla several times saying, oh, they're not a real car company and other things. They've bashed on plug-in cars. Uh, they've, they've called their hybrid self-charging hybrids, which is a ridiculous marketing. Uh, they've said people love the sound of, of engines. They're, I just, I don't, I don't, uh, anyway, there you go. That's the article. And a lot of my commentary on it. <laughs> no, it's 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 something that we've we've talked many times about Tesla missing. I'm sorry, Toyota missing the boat on this and and not picking up on what is the shift that's actually happening. And this yes. is just more information that uh, should be plain to a Toyota at this point. But as you said, I'm not sure if they even know at this point. Right. But <clears throat> next story we're going to take a look at is. Have you ever been on the road and had to do a, a quick Zoom meeting and then had to figure out that, oh, where's my phone? Where's my iPad? I got to be able to figure out how to do this. I know Casey has because we've got him on the road. <laughs> right. But uh, this was announced just the other day by the company Zoom. Uh, they have been working on a Tesla app uh, that will utilize the in-cabin camera to allow people to have a Zoom meeting through the main screen. And uh, this was kind of a surprise because uh, Tesla was talking about version 11 that was coming out and they actually had some screenshots of version 11 and some uh, people with some eagle eyes noticed that one of the icons looked like a Zoom logo in the corner. And it turns out it was because Tesla did not announce this. The company Zoom announced that they were working on this app and uh, it will be deployed uh, shortly, most likely along with version 11 being released which we don't have a date on. But uh, it is interesting that uh, the company Zoom is working on this. And I want to put this to you two. Is this the start of the Tesla App Store? Interesting. 
because this is this is Zoom saying they're making it. And of course, Tesla's allowed them to make it and there's been collaboration and blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes, I agree. But this is a company outside of Tesla announcing a new tile that will appear inside the Tesla operating system. So I wonder if this is the, the start, if this is the beginning of a possible app store. We know that Elon had said he needed millions of cars on the road in order to have an app store. Uh, but uh, he's got that now. They're, <laughs> they're, they're getting to that point, are they not? So yeah, I think they're already there. Yeah, so this yeah. is uh, this and is some interesting at... news, uh, uh, and most likely, of course, the Zoom meeting will only work when the car's in park. Uh, it won't be allowed to do it while you're driving. What'd but, be cool um, is if they could do audio only while you're driving. <laughs> some Zoom meetings don't need you to actually stop and participate. Right, that's true. Right. Yeah, I don't know what Zoom's business model is because I think their client Enterprise. is free. Right, enterprise. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's so, uh, for, for enterprise business. Buy the package and share it with their clients. So they're paying the bill for everyone that's on it. Right. So in that case, it wouldn't have to come from a store where you have to buy it to put it, install it in your Tesla. That client could be free. Yeah. Uh, interesting. And when you look at the toy box, you can actually uninstall almost all of those apps now. Uh, and, right. and reinstall them later. So that that was a step uh, in that first having the toy box, and then mm -hmm. uh, and then after that, the ability to uninstall them and reinstall them. So now the next step is to add the ability to add apps that don't already come on the car. Right, and they need that. With some of the games are so big that you can't just yeah. have them all installed. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. When's when's the last time you played uh, um, Missile game. Command, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites. I fired it once up when I knew it was there, and I don't think I've gone back to it. Right, but then other people like with Munchkins, they they are always playing. But um, so far, I, I like like just, just like you, I've, I've launched them all once or twice. And then uh, when I did my yoke video, it was the other time I launched up the uh, the the beach buggy racing because it it was one of the apps that allows you to turn on the power steering, and I needed yeah. that. Right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Are you gonna play Tesla games? How about you? Gamer. Ow, I still ow. like backgammon. <laughs> yeah, backgammon chess. Solitaire. Uh, well, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting news. Uh, uh, obviously, speculation on the the App Store starting, but uh, Zoom is coming out version eleven uh, with it, and uh, we'll have to see uh, how that works. Uh, it'll be we'll interesting. We'll get it before eleven. But but this will be this will be uh, probably. Ooh. Outside of uh, full self-driving, the only other application that uses the in-cabin uh, camera. So that's a that's a new thing as well. How so. about us legacy owners where we don't have a cabin camera? Are they going to say, oh, you need a camera to use this? Or are they going to say, gonna, They're going to ship you a coupon for uh, a camera. You just <laughs> USB camera. The USB port and uh, stick it, uh, stick it on clip the it to your visor. Yeah. Uh -huh. Linux, there's nothing stopping you from doing a USB camera, but... Uh, I would like to be able to use it and, and see other people when I'm parked. And then hopefully if they have an on-the-road version, then I can just do the audio only just like everybody else. Hopefully. Uh, Derek Ludwig has a question. Did the web browser get removed? He can't find it. Um, uh, oh. No. No, it's, no, it's, it's there. I, Derek, I, I used the web browser about uh, four weeks ago. You can you can uh, you can ask your voice command to start it up. And it's probably just in a different place in the toy box. You've got the games on one side, and then you've You've got the other apps and the um, and the Easter eggs on another side, like a little scroller. Uh, but uh, there were a couple what's cars the, where they did the voice like command? delete the energy app, uh, open web browser. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can even say Google whatever and uh, give and uh, it'll it'll do that search and pop up the results in the browser too. Yeah. If you're on the next show, let me know what the results were, and uh, if 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 you still don't see it, I'll. I'll find out what they did to you very good okay with that uh, let's do some shout outs and head out we'll start off with uh, casey's baby she's, she's gonna <laughs> tell us uh what she's got going on this week do you got any baby food <laughs> <laughs> i hope so how about toys i like toys yeah i know you do <laughs> gotta hope for that one uh, you can catch mm. us on Sundays at uh, youtube.com at Casey Green. That's K-A-C-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N. And uh, we do a, a live stream starting at 110 Eastern until whenever. 
And eventually, we'll have some pre-recorded videos up. I've got one I'm working on now about how to uh, get your Starlink to feed the address into your Home Assistant system. So that way, your your Home Assistant will know when to expect sunrise, sunset, all that sort of thing. Uh, I know cool. most people's houses don't move, but some people have houses that move. <laughs> some or, people have houses on wheels. Absolutely. Right. Right. Exactly. Or or you know if you if you um if you put your Starlink on say a camper van or something and you you, you don't want to be in there messing with where's home. That way, as you walk away from your camper van, you can set the alarm or turn off lights. That sort of thing. This guy's got 4,000 homes. Every time he uh, starts a new gate, <laughs> he's in a new home. Uh, Must be Patrick, nice, all those mansions. what's going on with uh, carswithcords.net? Hello. Uh, as always, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org, and I blog at carswithcords.net. Check it out. My latest one, so uh, uh, this is not a hot take. This is like the opposite. This is a cold take. Uh, <laughs> four or six weeks ago, there was a opinion piece, an op-ed in the New York Times by Ed Niedermeyer. And okay. uh, that we name is going to sound familiar to a few <laughs> of you. He wrote a uh, book, The Unvarnished Truth About Tesla. And um, uh, Maybe a so uh, <laughs> the, uh, the story, it, he, he, made, he made the point that people should just be buying short-range EVs, that most trips are short. Most of the time, that's going to be adequate. And uh, I refute that and say, you know what you need best. You know if you have infrastructure. You know uh, if you have cold weather concerns, uh, if you want to keep the vehicle for a long time, degradation concerns. And how we've said it here, you should buy as much battery as you can, as you can afford, because you're never going to be disappointed by having extra range. You can certainly be disappointed by not having enough range. And... Uh, if you if you calculate it just to the minimum you need today, who knows what happens to you tomorrow, right? Maybe you get a different job, your dream job, twice to pay, but oh, the the commute's twice as far, and my current car can't do that. So anyway, uh, I, I go through all the things that uh, in, could influence this decision. Please check it out, carswithcores.net. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Is, is Ed right? Am I right? Are we both wrong? Just just throw some throw some comments in there. Thank you. Uh, I, I will say, though, that uh, if, if, if you had perfect infrastructure and you were going for ultimate efficiency, like of resources and money and time and weight, then yes, uh, everybody having a minimum range would would work all the time. But right. And I'm know, not we don't live in such a world. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Well, I mean, we talked about it on the show. We have a short range vehicle in our home fleet right now. And for its, for its purpose, it works <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great grocery getter. It's good for errands. But we also have long-range vehicles for backups and, you know, for driving to grandma's and doing whatever. And if if, if there's, there's a right wildfire there. we need to evacuate, you know, we're going to yeah. take the long-range vehicle, not the short-range vehicle. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, there's there's definitely a place for them. I'm not saying they're horrible. Don't buy them. Um, The, the Leaf, by the time that I got it, it had 72 miles of range, and it was down to below 50 by the time we got rid of it. Uh, the first EV I ever had uh, was only a 40-mile range pickup truck so i have lived that life i know that there, there's there's a, they're, they're great for certain niche things but if you want it to be your everything car that's probably not the great choice uh anyway yeah there you go which is why i'm okay with plug-in hybrids because my first car only did 40 miles electric and uh then the rest of it was all burning dino juice right yeah the, for some people in some situations i think that's a great choice Shout out to Derek. Those are great figures, Derek, for a Model 3 uh, 2018. You've only lost uh, about 25 miles of estimated range over four years. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. I cool. one down from 289, but it only ever had 286 on it when I picked it up. <laughs> I just got a software update last night. And whenever, either the first of the month or when I get a software update, I go and collect my degradation and... Uh, now that my car is six years old, it's it's nice and flat. I just every yeah. time I see that, and that's like almost no degradation, or or even actually there's some noise in there. So sometimes it actually goes up. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm sitting at seven or eight percent. What about you? Uh, I have to look exactly, but uh, I think I'm down um, six years old. I think I'm down nine percent, but it's flattened out. Yep. There you go. Yep. I will be checking that in May, my fifth year anniversary. So we will nice. see. 
All right, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, appreciate it. If you haven't done this already, please give us a check mark, a little thumbs up on the video. If you haven't subscribed, my gosh, what are you waiting for? You've been here, you <laughs> liked it, you're right to the end. You've got to do it. Press that subscribe, press the bell, ring everything, and uh, helps us out. Go in the next really five minutes, it. we'll do a 50% discount. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, you can follow us through the week at our Twitter feed at the Tesla Life, also our Facebook feed, the Tesla Life Numero One, and uh, we thank Patrick for uh, narrating that, and we thank Casey for the live views that you've got today on today's show. So, uh, with that, we will see you next week, and uh, together we will find out what's happening in the Tesla Life. Stay positive, test negative. For those of you who aren't aware, fifty percent of zero is still zero. So, I mean, it'll be the same price for a while, but but the, the sale's going away in five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Matt. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side. Thank you, Lee Moon. <laughs>